God today. Am I, can y'all hear me? Am I on? Are you on? Talk loud. Am I on? You're on. All right. Awesome. I definitely do not get my fashion inspiration from dad. Um, bless his heart, as we like to say here in the South. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so we have been here for how many years, Dad? 14 years? 14 years. So I've been waiting 14 years to come up here and preach, um, but we're here now. <laughs> Just a joke, okay. Um, and I have to say, I was, when Dad first asked me if I wanted to come speak up here, he asked me a little last minute, um, not too last minute, but... For a second, I got a little nervous because I have spoken many times, but the majority of people I've spoken to besides y'all were either younger than me, they were youth groups, or um, they're around the same age as me. And so I thought, oh no, what if they question like the wisdom that I have because I am only 20? What if, you know, what if, what if their hearts aren't open? It wasn't about me. I know that God has equipped me and when he calls me, he equips me. But it was more about what if their hearts aren't open? And then as soon as I thought that thought, like the Holy Spirit quickened inside of me. It says in Proverbs, um, it says that wisdom comes through the understanding of the Lord. And yes, wisdom comes with years, but those who fear the Lord knowledge is given to them. And the word of God says that. So I know that because I fear the Lord and because I, I long for his understanding that it is given to me. So if you had any doubts, <laughs> there's the word of God that says that, not me. Um, so like you said, my name is Alyssa and I have been for the last 10 months at the Los Angeles Dream Center. Do we have that photo that we can show of my house here? Um, I would like to say like I'm at the top in like this little suite, but really that little building on the side to the right, the white one that it doesn't even have orange on it, I'm like way down there where the rats and cockroaches are and where we lived without any power for six months. Um, and if you look at me, I don't look like somebody who's just like real low maintenance. So that was uh, the Lord <laughs> pushing me to to make it through there. So um, yeah, that's the Dream Center. We have about 800 people that live there. We have a veterans home. Um, we have emancipated youth. We take in foster children. Um, we take in families who are experiencing homelessness and they were on the street and it was either the system was gonna take away their children because they had no home or the Dream Center said, hey, I will take you in. And so... Um, we have a rehab facility. We do serving full-time, 24 hours of the day, um, human trafficking. We have vans that go out through the night to rescue girls from human trafficking. Um, we give out food every morning. We truly... Um, have become the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what the Dream Center is about. So there I have been for the last year and I go back in three days and I'm excited and I know I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for that place. Um, and so I'm forever grateful for you guys sending me off 10 months ago and for all the prayers. I felt them, I truly did feel them when I was there. Um, so before we jump in today, I'm just gonna pray because um, I need the anointing of God, and I need it to be his words and not mine. And part of the thing that drew me to ministry so many, um, I say so many years ago, I'm like so many years ago, like I'm like 15, I've like experienced all those things, um, a couple years ago, <laughs> all right, <laughs> at camp, when I knew that I was called to, <laughs> to ministry, the thing that drew me to it is that it was no longer about me. 
That's what, it was no longer about me, and I, it was about the people. And so I re, I, my prayer today is that I have a word that God is giving me for each and every one of us today. I'm walking along with it, too. It's a, something that I have learned. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and pray, and I'm going to start my timer. Y'all are probably going to get a lot short of a, shorter of a sermon than what you're used to. Give you a little break. <laughs> All right. Um, God, we just come to you right now. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. Father, I thank you for the word that you have given me. Jesus, I humble myself before you. Father, I pray for your anointing right now that it flow over me, Jesus. Father, that every heart in here be open. Every ear in here be listening to what you want to speak to them. Let it not be my words, God. Let my words fall. But God, let your words pierce the hearts of each one of us today. Jesus, we just invite your Holy Spirit in here, and we thank you for what you are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so the topic that I am talking on today um, is fear and anxiety. And so it seems like ever since I came to Arkansas, like the last couple of months, I, I'd spoken with many people and there was just so many people these days are struggling with fear and anxiety. I mean, college kids, um, it's not just younger kids, it's younger kids, college kids, middle-aged, older, like there's so much fear and it's a spirit, a spirit of fear and anxiety in our culture today. And I felt it when I was in Los Angeles. I felt it when I was here. The lady I was sitting on a plane with not too long ago was telling me about the fear she had and crying and I was able to like pray over her um, months ago and it just seems like it, it keeps reoccurring, reoccurring. And so um, I want to come against that today, but just to put some things in perspective, I love statistics. Um, I've read some off about Los Angeles, so y'all y'all know that I like statistics, but um, it says anxiety disorders are the most common mental illnesses in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States. Anxiety disorders affect 25% of children between the ages of 13 and 18 years old. 65% of North Americans take prescription medications daily. 43% take mood-altering prescriptions regularly. That last quote, when I, I, I double-searched all these because I didn't want to like bring wrong statistics to you, but the last quote when I read it, it there was something that just quickened inside of me when it, when it talked about that they take these prescription medications and they take these mood-altering prescriptions and maybe some of us, a lot of us in here today, I don't know, um, that tells me that we are all looking for freedom from this fear and anxiety, that we're all trying to fight um, fight for this freedom. I know e each one of us have walked through at some point in our life where we feel fear, where we feel anxiety. And um, I, I want to tell you something today that, that really changes that battle. And it was a quote that somebody spoke, spoke to me earlier this year, and it's that we don't fight for victory, but we fight from victory. And when you change your mindset on that, your battle is different because thousands of years ago, Jesus... Right? Do y'all see where I'm going with this? Can everyone nod a little bit? Okay. Um, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, yeah, rough, um, died on a cross, and he rose from the dead. 
And before he left, he said, it is better that I go. It is for your advantage that I go so that way I can send my helper to walk with you, to live inside of you. And so when fear and anxiety come into our hearts and they come into our lives, we know that we are not fighting for that victory, but that victory was already won. And that we fight from that victory. And the battle is different. I'm just going to get now to, um, to the word of God. The word of God. Um, and I'm going to go into Philippians 4, 6, verse 7. We're going to have that on the screen. Y'all are used to getting that King James Version. Today you're getting new King James Version. Um, I thought dad may fight me on it. He didn't. He let it go. Um, Okay. (laughs) This is a very common verse when we think of anxiety and fear. And it says um, in verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we know that quote, but I just, I want to break it, or that scripture, but I want to break it down for a second. So be anxious for nothing. My favorite part of when I read that first line is the fact that the author of Philippians, Paul, was sitting in a prison when he wrote that. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, thanksgiving, the giving of thanks, giving God thanks before you let your requests be known to God. See, if we're always so fixated on how far we have gone and we don't give thanks to God for where he brought us, then we forget about the faithfulness of God and we forget about, we forget about, let me just wear that differently. When we think, there's like these quotes about when you're going, um, when you're going on the road and like you haven't looked back to see like how far you've gone. It's so true. Like it, it really is true. And that's what Paul is talking about. He's saying with thanksgiving, giving thanks for what he has brought us through. Just ha- like having that mindset of I've made it far. I have far to go. But let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love that it says, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Because there are so many things in our culture, in our world today that are just whirling all around us. And there's distractions and there's deceivement. There's, there's people that are in church acting one way and speaking one thing, and it sounds like Jesus and it feels like Jesus maybe, but it's not Jesus. And so we'll guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, and I think, do we have Proverbs 3, 21 and 26? Ah, we do. Okay. I'm actually going to turn to it though because I like it. Okay, so my son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot would not stumble. That's the next one. Okay, let me just turn to that. I want to show you just a couple of scriptures today when it comes to fear before we kind of look into the reason of why fear comes into our life, because How many of y'all know the word of God is our answer, right? Thank you, Dad. (laughs) Only amen, I'm good. It's okay. Um, (laughs) 
Okay, can we go to the next one? Is it First Peter 5, 6 through 7? Do we have that one? Yep, okay. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all of your care, some versions say, casting all of your anxiety upon him for he cares for you. So good. Second Timothy 1, 7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Romans, Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Hmm. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats nor be troubled. That last one um, relates to me on a different level after living in Los Angeles and the people who truly hate the Dream Center and they hate that we're going out and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And part of the reason is because I know something quickens inside of them that tells them that it's true and that means that they have to change and there's conviction there, but they hate us. And, um, you know, sometimes when we pull up to a project site, they'll be there yelling, like, go back, throwing stuff at our vans, but we just come, we just go walking on through. And that verse encourages me. Um, But after reading those, those are the commands Um, of God, and those are the word of truth. Why do we still have this fear and anxiety? Why, Why did it say that 40 million adults in the United States, we know some of them are Christian, (laughs) out of the 40 million, um, we know that some of them are Christian, and we know that the word of truth, that God's word is the word of truth, then why is that fear still there? Why is that anxiety still there? And I wrote this quote on, in my room um, after I'd heard it in a sermon and it spoke to me because it is, it's been so evident to be true. But listen to this. Pride and anxiety come in the same package. I'm going to read it again. Pride and anxiety come in the same package. When we think that we can do it on our own, When I thought for a second that I would be able to come up here and speak a word to you that would touch your heart, that could could change your life and how you walk out of here, if I thought that I could do that on my own, that would be pride, be ludicrous, and then the anxiety would come. But thankfully, I know that there is one way more powerful than me that can speak a word to my heart as he can speak a word to every one of our hearts today and can put the words in our mouth. And that anxiety is gone. It also has to do with an expectation, pride, anxiety, fear, expectation on ourselves, on others. When we don't recognize that God is the God of our life. So many times I've heard just a lot of people working in this past year in ministry who were so scared to uh, be in ministry because they didn't think that they were um, smart enough 
that they knew enough about the Bible, that they didn't know, um, that they didn't grow up in church, but God had had a call on their life, and they didn't understand that when God calls you, he will equip you. When God called me to Los Angeles, and I walked in the projects of Pueblos, and I walked with men and women, I've never seen so many Hispanic people in my life. Like, they're not all in Arkansas like this. And I, they felt like family. And I was able to speak to them, even though a lot of times there was a language barrier, I was able to love them and guide them and disciple them in the youth of Los Angeles that I didn't relate to. I didn't relate to, but God had equipped me. And just like when it goes back in Proverbs and, it, and it, it talks about the revelation that the word of God gives, I don't have to experience things in life to have revelation over them because that comes through the knowledge of God. And so when I, when I just think of pride and anxiety and the expectation that is on us, we have to um, identify the negative sense of pride. And the negative sense of pride, it shifts ultimate confidence from God to ourselves. And that's a scary place to be in. Um, just a quick little personal story. I went to um, L.A. for camp a couple of weeks ago. We were taking 140 um, students from the inner city of Los Angeles to a church camp, and we put it on ourselves. It wasn't like where you um, go to a facility that already has like the services ready and the guest speakers. No, it was like us making everything. And the youth pastor had asked me if I wanted to be um, the service coordinator because that's what I had done all the past ten months that I was there. And so she was going to fly me out there. And I was going to have to get everything ready, order of services, uh, make sure stage design is done, decor, uh, guest speakers are booked, so like make sure that when they come in, they're facilitated right. Just There's a lot to do. And I only flew in two days before camp, and I had a lot to do. And for the first time in my life, I'm not somebody who really experiences a lot of anxiety, um, but for the first time in my life, I had felt so much anxiety, even more walking in ministry than I did when I was walking in other parts of the world. I felt so much anxiety. And I remember for the first time in my life, and I haven't even shared this with anybody, but for the first time in my life, I felt a panic attack. And I was in my room, and I hadn't brought, I hadn't brought it to God like I could, like I should have. When the first moment of fear that creeps into your life about any situation, any relation, take it to God because it keeps growing. That fire... You can put it out. It, it can be put out at any place, but take it to God as soon as it comes to you. And I didn't do that because I thought it's dumb that I'm scared about this because I know, I know God's faithful. So therefore, I'm not going to take it to God because I'm just going to deny that it's there at all. But it kept growing. It kept growing. And for the first time in my life, I felt my, a panic attack. And so the things that I need at camp is I use my mouth. I delegate. I have teams and I have to communicate to them. If you're not communicating effectively, then you won't work effectively. Nothing will get done. So I use my mouth to communicate and I use my hands to build. And I know that like people have prophesied that over me when we were there. They're like, your hands are blessed. Like when I make something, I can make a decor thing. I can, I can set up the stage. I know that these are the two things that I thought were my strengths. And when I had my first ever panic attack and I was sitting there in my room and it was two days before I got on my plane and my hands began to tingle and I just felt in the top of them and I couldn't even pick anything up. Panic attack slash demonic 
attack. That's what it's called. And my tongue started swelling and I couldn't hardly speak and it was hard to breathe and I felt like something was pressing on my chest and I've never experienced anything like this before. And this lasted for, you know, it lasted for kind of like two days, but it was mainly so strong in that moment. And I know now that the reason why I had those attacks is because for a second, I thought that I would even be strong enough to lead any of that, that I would be strong enough. And so many of us today, we think that the call in our life is up to us to take care of, but we're forgetting to put our trust in God and that he's going to take care of it. And also, this was a quickening moment when I was praying about this last night, and the areas of my life that I thought I was naturally strong in, so speaking, I obviously liked talking for a long time, um, <laughs> speaking, working with my hands, those were the areas that I thought I was naturally strong in. But really, those are just the areas that God had anointed and that he had equipped me with for the season. So when the devil comes against that and he tries, the enemy tries to attack those areas, the weight is off of me because I know that the reason why he is attacking those areas is because God is equipping me with those areas and I can cast him down. And there, there are some of us in here today that are probably experiencing those same things and, um, and the devil is afraid of us. That's what I love. I love that he's scared of us. Because, not because of us, but because of who lives inside of us. And um, so after talking about where in parts that fear comes from, pride and anxiety is the root of that fear, um, we read the word of God, and most of us have faith, especially in a Christian community. So why do we magnify our fear over our faith? Because I had faith. I have strong faith. But I also had fear. But why didn't I magnify my faith over my fear? I think back in um, Matthew, and it's Matthew 8, 8.26, and it's when the disciples were on the boat with Jesus, right? And the storms were raging, and Jesus was sleeping. That's funny, okay? Um <laughs> that these guys are like just, str- they're struggling out there. Like I can just picture them like the buckets, they're like sweating, they're nervous. And Jesus is just like taking a little power nap. Like he's just chilling. And so many of us, so many of us, I remember moments in my year when people were like, why are you worried about this? Like you don't stress about anything. And I just think of Jesus sleeping on that boat That's right. when the storms are raging around him right. and he's just sleeping. That's because he knows who has the victory and he knows who has the power. And when the disciples woke up Jesus, the first thing he said to them was, why are you fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. And the rages stopped. And the waves stopped. And afterwards, the recorded response of the disciples was, who can this be that even the winds and the sea 
obey him. There are some storms raging in our lives right now. If you ever look at the news, oh my gosh, I hate watching the news, but I sh- you, should. you should watch the news to a certain degree. Um, you see everything that is raging around us. And even when people, let me tell you something, people have told me, looked me in the eyes and said, you should not go back to Los Angeles. Those people that are protesting because of the new election, they are, it's dangerous there. You shouldn't do that. Don't go back. I just want to look at them and say, oh, ye of little faith. And there are some situations in our lives today that you need to look at them and look at those situations, look at those mindsets and say, oh, ye of little faith. We need to learn to wait in faith rather than act in fear. We need to learn how to wait in faith rather than act in fear. When that was whispered to my spirit from Jesus, the first thing I thought when when I heard that wait in faith rather than act in fear was a verse I have written in my room, and it's saying, uh, being confident of this very thing, that he has began a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Waiting in faith. We all have these things in our lives and these opportunities that have come up, and we can either act in fear or we can wait, and then God can anoint us in faith before we walk into them. After we learn how to walk in faith and we walk and we speak to our fear, I, there was a sermon and Stephen Furtick said, you need to start speaking to yourself more than listening to yourself. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Do you hear what that's saying? But the more I looked at it, I thought, how many times have I listened to the lies that have been created up in my head and I don't speak to them enough? We need to speak to our fears and tell them who our God is. And once we start walking in that faith, hmm, once we start walking in that faith, we will start to walk from faithful to fruitful. That faithfulness that turns into fruitfulness is going to start to help the, help so many others around us. I, I thought I was going to preach today more on like so much of overcoming fear, but the truth is I don't know how to tell you to overcome the fear in your life. But I do know what the Word of God says, and I do know who Jesus is. We can't afford to play it safe anymore. That moment that you are afraid to walk up to that person crying 
in Walmart and you feel like the Holy Spirit is calling you to go over there, maybe just put a hand on them and ask them how you are doing. And you feel that fear. And the moment you walk away, you're walking away from the opportunity for God to move through you. Stop using fear as an excuse to be disobedient to God's call on your life. I could have been disobedient when I went to L.A. The only way I could have left my family to move across the country to a dirty city is because of the gospel. And how we have to stay wrecked by the gospel. And we are disobedient to God and his call on our life. We are not doing what we are called to do. I spoke when we were having prayer about, um, well, that night, that Sunday night that I spoke about the quote of, we choose safety over salvation. And that still just rings in my heart today because it may not be safety of like fearing your life. You know, it's not like you're going to be walking into um, a gang lord's home and like sharing Jesus with him necessarily in Hebrew. I don't know, maybe. But it's the safety of our mindsets, the safety of our comfort zone. As we start to overcome this fear, there's my timer. <laughs> We have to go after the salvation of others and to lead them. And let me tell you, when you're, on a, when you're struggling and you're going through this obstacle course, and so many times when you're so fixed on what you can do to make it to the end to better yourself, when you stop to help the people around you, you realize it's a lot easier than what you thought. And I've experienced that in my own life, and I know some of us have in here too. I was so excited to talk on fear because um, it's something that I've battled. It's something I know we're battling. It's relevant to our culture today. Dad said something earlier about people even fear coming to the altar. They fear the church. They fear being vulnerable to God and opening up to them. A lot of us have fears that we don't even recognize that they are fear because we are so scared to look into our heart and to see who we truly are. I'm just going to close with this. Like I said, y'all got a shorter message than what you're used to before dad comes up. Um, one, I don't want to look at my notes anymore. One minute in the presence of God can change any situation. When we come up here, just like JoJo said, that your worship is not altered by what's going on outside of here. It's so true because one minute in the presence of God, that's what all we can do is surrender to him, to worship him, to declare how good he is. That's what I love doing to anything that I'm fearful about. I say I'm scared to get on this plane, to go to an uncommon ground, but my God is already there. I'm scared because I haven't seen it yet, but my God has. And my God has declared it, and he says that he will favor me, and he will bless me, and he will bless the work of my hands. So I'm not going to fear it. Not anymore. After I learned wisdom, wisdom by the knowledge of the Lord and the knowledge of his word and the fear of the Lord. So one minute in the presence of God can change any situation, fear or mindset.
We sing this song back in Los Angeles, and it says, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. That makes me want to walk out of here differently. That makes me want to talk differently. That the person who lives inside of me and who I get to come and covenant with and speak to, that his name makes the darkness tremble. And I get to share that with other people. I get to share that with other people because there are people here that are hurting in our town. You, don't, you never know what people are walking through. I've walked into some homes and pueblos and the projects, and I thought that these kids were fine, and I walked into there, and these kids are sleeping on the floor, and their parents are doing drugs right beside them, and I thought that these youth were just acting out. But truthfully, you never know where people come from. And it's up to us to bring the gospel to them. But if we still fear, if we still fear what God has placed before us, then we can't help people walk out of their fear. So I go back in three days and um, I've already started to just cover everyone in prayer that I'm going to encounter there, um, that I wouldn't have fear when I walk up to them, that nothing inside of me would stop what God wants to do. And that was my prayer for today, too, that nothing inside of me would stop what God wants to do in here today. And I don't know what's planned for the rest of the service, but I do know that when you step out and you are vulnerable with God and you come, whether it's to the altar or where you are, one present, one, one minute in the presence of God can change everything. And when I think about the church... I promise I'm leaving. Um, when I think about the church, I think, I think about an army so fierce. Our culture has looked down on us today as the weak ones, that we can be bullied, that we can be pressed behind. But we, God is coming back for a church that is going to declare who he is. He's going to come back for a church who isn't afraid to go into the places and bring the gospel and it starts in here. It starts with us strengthening each other too and praying for each other. We were created for community. We were, the devil ta attacks in isolation. We were created for community, for brothers and sisters that we can yoke up with, that we encourage each other. And we go out and bring the gospel to people. Um, that's what I have for y'all. That's what the Lord's laid on my heart. That's all I can do. Um, but I pray that you listen to this today and for your sake, just as when I felt that panic attack, I never want to live like that again. And I pray that none of you walk out of here today knowing that there is fear and anxiety, whether it's for other people in your life or for yourselves. I don't want you to walk out of here today. My prayer is that you don't still feeling that bondage and that chain on your life because you have the chance to have it relieved from you. Jesus took it all 2,000 years ago.